meditating on this, the Lord brought me to Luke 4. And in Luke chapter 4, it says, I'm going to read a little bit of it for you. It says, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And so the first thing that the Lord brought to my mind that I want to share with you guys is that just because you finished a fast doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted. And when you feel and you hear and you see the temptations of the enemy in your life, don't be tricked. That is not a sign that you did the fast wrong. That is not a sign that you're not a good leader. That is not a sign that you are not in victory. It's a sign that you're full of the Holy Spirit because the fuller you are of the Holy Spirit, the more threatened the enemy is. And one thing that we need to begin to understand as Christians so that we can fight them properly is that a temptation is nothing more than an invitation from the enemy to believe a lie. A temptation does not mean you are bad. It does not mean you are a bad Christian. We kind of have that culture sometimes, especially in, in church culture. You know, I had a lady write to me on the Spanish chat of the 21 day fast. She was like, Vane, I can't believe it. I'm in the middle of a fast. And I yelled at my kids. I just feel like my whole fast is worth nothing. I just feel like, you know, she was just spiraling in this shame because the enemy loves to twist our identity and make us feel shame simply for being human. The enemy loves to make us think that the temptation is the sin. And I have a lot of people come up to me and say, Vanna, well, I've been having thoughts about doing drugs. I've been having thoughts about having sex, or I've been falling into this. I've been falling into that. Yes, you will. And I understand because you will be tempted and you are not Jesus. So sometimes you will fall. But the idea is not that you all of a sudden become completely sinless and temptationless when you come to God. The idea is that you learn every single day that because you are full of the spirit, you're able to combat those lies. Because you are full of the spirit, you're able to have a little bit more victory every day. And I tell people this all the time when I pastor. My hope for you and my dream for you is not that you stop sinning because as a human being, you may never stop sinning. My hope and my dream for you is that you're not dealing with the same sins that you're dealing with now, 10 years from now. Because listen, I'd be lying to you guys if I told you I was perfect and I never sinned, but thank God. And by the grace of God, and because by God's grace, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm not sinning in the same way today as I sinned when I was 19. When I was 19, I was doing stupider stuff than today. And a lot of people mistake that. And we look at like people like the head leaders of our church. We look at like Alina, Amaira, for those of you guys that are in our church. We look at, you know, these women of God, like Christine Kane, even like Pastor Lily. And, and we say, they surely don't sin. No, they have their own temptations. They have their own things that they're going through. But thank God they're not sinning like, the new convert is out here sinning, you know, they're not sinning with the big, you know, in, in Spanish, I say, con, you know, because it's like adulterio, fornicación. So there, there's like specific ones that, that people are always pointing to, like fornication, adultery, like, and we think that we're going to be dealing with that our whole lives, not if we learn to confront the lies of the enemy. So I want to read, just keep reading just a little bit so that we identify how the enemy gets us to sin. It says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, goes into the wilderness because you can be full of the Holy Spirit and be tempted. Being tempted is not a sign that you are not full of the Holy Spirit. I just want to reiterate that because it is so important for us to know 
And it says he was hungry. He was weak. He was physically weak. And there are going to be moments in your life when you're physically weak. And those are the moments that the enemy is going to take advantage of. And he says to him, it says the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And there are two things there that I want you to know very, very closely, because if you learn these two things, you'll be way better at overcoming temptation in your life. The first is that I want you to know that the enemy starts with a lie. The enemy never starts tempting you with a simple temptation, because if he did that, you probably wouldn't fall. If the enemy didn't lie to you and he just said, hey, you want to F up your life by doing some drugs and then going, you know, hang, you know, he doesn't say that to you or whatever. I don't know. I lost track of that story, but he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, hey, you know, you, you want to start an addiction, a, por a porn addiction. He doesn't say that. He starts with a lie. He starts by showing you a lack. He starts with a hurt. And listen to what he tries to do to Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, you know what the enemy was trying to do? He was trying to play on Jesus' emotions. And that's what the enemy does to you when he wants to get you to sin. And I'm telling you this, and I'm showing you this, and I believe the Holy Spirit showed me so that I can show you, because if you can identify that, then you will be so much better at fighting your sin because you're not just trying to fight and act, you're getting to the root of the sin. See, a lot of us, when we have sex out of marriage, we're not, the issue is not the sex. The issue is our feelings of self-worth that lead us to have sex out of marriage. When many of us, you know, people who are still struggling with drugs, with alcohol, the issue is not the drug or the alcohol. See, the issue in this case wasn't that Jesus couldn't turn something into bread. Remember that Jesus had already multiplied for the 5,000. It was not a sin. Jesus was a miracle maker. It was not a sin for him to turn stones into bread, but it wasn't about the action. It was about the fact that if Jesus had done that in that moment, he would be doing it based off the lie of the enemy. I was talking in, to, the Spanish, uh, to the Spanish ladies about how the other day I talked to a girl in our youth ministry and she said, well, it's not a sin to have a boyfriend. I said, no, it's not. But in your case, in this case, it is. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, it's not a sin to have a boyfriend. But in your case, you have a boyfriend in rebellion and you have a boyfriend in rebellion because you're having trouble with your mom and you're not allowing God to heal the things that are hurt in your heart about your mom. So you are having this boyfriend as a direct result of hurt in your heart. So your boyfriend is a sin. A boyfriend is not a sin, but your boyfriend is a sin. You might tell me, Vanya, but it's not a sin to go to Orlando. No, but why are you going to Orlando? Vane, but it's not a sin to have, you know, this is one I get a lot in youth ministry, but can I have a glass of wine? I said, I don't know. Can you? What is the basis behind your glass of wine? Why do you want to have a glass of wine? Do you want to have a glass of wine? Cause you want to be dangerous. Cause you want to test things out. You know, the younger kids, you know, I want to test things out. Do you want to have a glass of wine? Because if you think about it, you've never done anything that that's kind of been like that. Like, why do you do, is it because the other people are doing it and you kind of want to fit in? Why do you want to have a glass of wine? Because it's not the glass of wine. That's the issue. Jesus had wine. It's your heart. And the enemy will always start a temptation with a lie. If you want to learn how to overcome your temptations, then learn that whenever you're tempted, don't look at the action that you want to do. Look at the lie. Ask yourself, what lie is underneath? What spirit is underneath this thing that the enemy wants me to do? 
what is the enemy trying to get me to buy? Because that's what he does. He Trojan horses us. You guys know the story of the Trojan horse of this army that got into a city by acting like they were presenting them a gift. And this gift was this big, huge horse. You guys probably, if you haven't read it, you've probably seen the movie. It's with Brad Pitt. Um, but, but it was also a very long time ago. But anyway, uh, this, this, uh, they present this city with this gift and inside the gift, there was an entire army. So as soon as the city accepted the gift of this Trojan horse, an entire army comes out and kills everybody in the city and wins the war. And that's what the enemy does. He does, let me tell you something. The enemy doesn't care that much who you have sex with. Oh my gosh, are you crazy? Are you serious? No, the enemy doesn't care that much. He cares that you always have low value of yourself. So the sex is just like a, it's like a cherry on top, because even if you stop having sex with anybody, if you still have that lie, if you still believe that lie, your, your heart is never going to be healed. He wants to keep you back from do, from fulfilling your purpose in God. And you can never fulfill the purpose that God has for you if you're believing lies. So worry less, worry less about the actual invitation. Because yes, that's the second part. The enemy starts with a lie and then he, he follows it up with an invitation. But here's the thing, the invitation to disobey God. But here's the thing, we tend to be so caught up in the invitation that we buy the lie and whether or not we do what he's asking us to do, we're still caught up in the lie. So that might've happened to a lot of you guys today. Oh, well, you know, the enemy or, or this week or lately, oh, the enemy's tempting me with this, with that, with porn, but I didn't do it. Yeah, you didn't do it. But are you eradicating the lie? Are you making sure that you are confronting that lie with the truth? Every temptation has two parts. The first part is the lie, like I mentioned, and the second part. And this is when I talk about temptation, I'm talking about all of our cycles. Vane, I don't understand why I, I'm in the, the cycle of toxic relationships. What's the lie? What's the lie that you are believing? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Why do you fall for guys? That, that are like this. I remember that in, in my single days, I had the same type, really, really good looking guys who treated me like crap. And the Lord began to show me, you're with these guys just because of how they look, because of how insecure you are. These guys are so good looking that they make you feel secure, but the enemy's tricking you because how they treat you makes you feel like crap anyway. And I broke that cycle. And I remember when I met my husband, Rico, one of the things that like stood out to me most is I was like, oh my gosh, he's so nice to me. No one had ever been that nice to me. These guys treated me like crap. I was believing a lie. I was believing a lie that I wasn't good enough for better treatment. I was believing a lie that it mattered more how we looked on, on an Instagram post than what it mattered how our actual relationship was. And the enemy was trying to get me to act on that lie. And that's what the enemy does. The first part is a lie. The second part is the invitation to disobey. So using that same example, the enemy fills my head with all these lies, insecurity, uh, worthlessness. It's okay if I accept this treatment. It's fine. He didn't mean it. He fills me with all these lies. And at that point, I become more vulnerable to disobey God. So what would the enemy have loved? Well, first of all, he loved that I stayed in five years in one of those relationships, but you know me, I played myself. Anyway, um, he loved that, but he would have loved even more if I would have married them. 
he would have loved even more if I would have had kids with them. Not because getting married or having kids is a sin, but because in my case, it would have been disobedience to God. So you see how that works? It's not so much the action. Getting married is not a sin, but a lot of us marry the wrong person out of disobedience to God because we're believing lies. Now, why do we believe lies? And I'm going to finish up with this so that we have time to pray. We believe lies because we don't know the truth. So the enemy says, if you're the son of God, do this. And Jesus's direct response is no, because it is written. He says, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. He fought the lie with the truth. The only way to fight the lie, ladies, is with the truth. You've got to know what you stand for so that you know when you hear something that is not like it, you know that it's not like it. I read one time that when they're training uh, the members of law enforcement, I don't know if it's, I, I think it's the FBI, I'm not even sure. When they're training members of law enforcement that are trained to identify counterfeit money, you know that they don't show them the fakes. Fake could look. What they do is they familiarize them and they make them experts in the right one. And when these experts know exactly what a dollar bill should look like, then it's easy for them to point out all the fakes. And that's what we need to be doing, ladies. Don't worry so much about asking your leaders, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? Worry instead about looking at Jesus's life, learning the word, developing a habit where you spend time with the Holy Spirit so that every day you learn a little bit more what you're supposed to be like. So that when you're not acting like that. I, I don't know about you guys, but I always know the day that my period is coming. I know my period is coming. And I love that I can speak freely like this because we're just ladies on this chat. But when my period is coming, I know my period is coming. And the reason I know my period is coming is because I know myself and I know when something would not have made me cry yesterday. And today it's making me cry. But other people don't know that. Only I know that. Only I know if, if the reason why I'm crying in the bathroom is 100% hormonal and not even necessarily because it's that serious. Why? Because I know me and you need to begin to know God at a level and know his word at a level that when the enemy says something that is not right, you say, mm, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right because it is written this, this, and that the word of God says this, this, and that, you know, a lot of the questions that people ask me, I'm not necessarily prepared for. People ask me some random things. Vane is this a sin? Vane is that? Vane is that? And the only reason I know the answer is because I know the word. And I'll say, I don't know. I've never heard of that before because people genuinely ask me some crazy stuff. Um, yesterday, a lady asked me, is it a sin for three men to get married? Because on the news, she saw three men getting married. And I was like, okay, there's so much wrong with that. I don't even know where to begin. But that's not a case I've ever heard before. I don't know that it's wrong because I've heard of it before. And because I'm an expert, I know that it's wrong because I know what the Bible says about marriage. And I know what the Bible says about relationships. And because I know what the Bible says about relationships, I, I could literally tell her, like Jesus said, I don't know, but it is written this and this and that. So you take from that what you will. We've got to be able to fight these lies. But in order to fight the lies, we have to recognize that there is something underneath your temptation. There is something underneath your cycle. There is a lie that is pushing the cycle that the enemy wants you to fall into. Identify it. 
I'm going to pray today that the Lord brings it to light. The, the enemy wants you to get divorced just like your mom got divorced. The enemy wants you to, to continue devaluing yourself and giving yourself away. The enemy wants you to be in the church believing his lies. Listen, remember that it said Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. I want to repeat again, being full of the Holy Spirit will not save you from temptation because you are living on earth. You will be tempted. And Jesus could have been full of the Holy Spirit, been tempted and fallen into the light and sinned. He could have. It was an option for him. He had free will. It's not like, oh, no, Jesus was perfect. He absolutely could not sin. No, he could have. He chose not to. He chose not to. And it's the same thing with us. It doesn't matter if you fasted 21 days or you fasted 40 days or you fasted for a year, you're going to be tempted. In fact, you might be tempted more coming off your 21-day fast. You might have already been tempted more in the middle of your 21-day fast. You might have been tempted more than you've ever been in the middle of your 21-day fast. Confront the lie. Ask God what is underneath. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you bring to light what is underneath the things that are oppressing these girls, the things that are attacking these girls. Father God, I pray that it would not be hidden any longer, that you give them a divine discernment, that you point out to them the lie of the enemy, where the lie began and what the truth is for them. Father God, I pray that you bring wise counsel to their life, that if they're not able to identify it, their leaders, their mothers, the spiritual mothers in their life. And if they don't have a spiritual mother, Father, I pray that you bring them a spiritual mother. I pray that you bring them someone who will walk with them and point out lies and patterns in their life. I pray in Jesus' name that in their time alone with you, they would begin to identify more than they ever have. I pray that this is the year of the veil being torn, that this is the year of the tactics of the enemy being exposed. I pray that even today, the tactics of the enemy will be exposed, that even right now you're bringing to their heart things and, and, and lies that they didn't realize were lies. I pray that you show them what is underneath their temptation. I pray that you show them what is underneath the action. I pray that you show them, Father, that you don't care about the action as much as you care about their heart being whole. And the enemy knows that. And so the enemy is not just trying to get them to sin. He's trying to get them to live in fear. He's trying to get them to live in insecurity. He's trying to get them to doubt their identity. Just as the enemy said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, every single day, the enemy is saying that to us. If you are the daughter of God, if you are the daughter of God, maybe you're not the daughter of God. Maybe you're not who you thought you were. Maybe you're disappointing God. And I pray in Jesus name, just as it says in the book of John, that your sheep know your voice and they follow you. I pray that you would begin to reveal to us your voice, that we would hear your voice in such a loud and, and clear way that when we hear your voice, we're able to also identify the voice of the enemy. In Jesus' name, I pray for financial provision. I pray, Father God, that the enemy would not tempt us or, or, or be able to make us fall out of need, that we would be able to trust that you are our provider. I pray that you give us supernatural wisdom to make wise decisions with our money so that we are not in need. In the same way, I pray for supernatural wisdom. Your word says that wisdom and understanding flow from your mouth. So I pray, God, that from your mouth, you would provide us with 
sound financial decisions, sound relationship decisions. I pray, God, that you would center us. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us a spirit of love, power, and self-control. I pray that you would give us self-control in the midst of every single thing we're facing in our life. Self-control when it comes to shopping, self-control when it comes to guys, self-control when it comes to even getting offended and, and dishonoring our leaders, dishonoring our parents. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would show up in a stronger and more tangible way in the lives of each one of these young ladies, Lord. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in their life. I thank you, Lord, because I know that you are working in the supernatural. Lord, I bring before you Jamie and her dad. In Jesus' name, I pray supernatural wisdom over the doctors. I pray for a spirit of wisdom to come over every single healthcare professional that is dealing with this case. And I pray that the lie would be revealed in Jesus' name. Sickness is nothing but a lie. And I pray that you reveal Today, Father God, today, between today and tomorrow, immediately, I command the enemy to let go of that lie. I command the truth to shine through. I command, Father God, answers to be had. In Jesus' name, I